the vibes welcome back to another episode of the hoop genius podcast brought to you by nba 2k 23 myself the one and only moments here alongside as always mr bj armstrong real name no gimmicks no <laughs> gimmicks <laughs> no gimmicks bro it's that time of the year bro. Should i tell you it's what was a damn gimmick year. should i tell you what was a damn gimmick bj the other night we yeah, recorded the other night we recorded before the march madness final right mm-hmm. of the men's tournament and then mm-hmm. we finished recording so we could go watch the game mm-hmm. i open my ipad to watch because that's what i watch the college games on because i don't have it on tv mm-hmm. over here. i click on okay. the espn app where i watched all mm-hmm. of march madness this year okay and okay. guess what it guess what it tells me i have no idea your subscription has ended please renew for a whole <laughs> it it ended at midnight before the tip-off what are the chances <laughs> what are the chances <laughs> so i didn't watch the game <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't renew <laughs> no no I, what, what, why am i going to renew for a whole year to watch one game so i don't watch anything else on it when Whoa. next year when march Madness comes i'm just gonna buy a month-long pass i don't know espn oh, okay. shout us sponsor the show get us on your app let's do something but I didn't renew for a year, unfortunately. Um, speaking of renewing, though, which is why I wanted to bring up a nice segue. You know how I do the host yes, of the most. Yes. Jalen yes. Brown. There's been a lot of talk about him renewing his contract with the Celtics. There we have it. Oh, that makes you happy. The segue king is yeah, back. Makes... Um, yes. <laughs> well, well, the talk, it, it shouldn't really be a conversation because I know already, I feel like we've done enough episodes. I know what your answer is going to be. Because I'm going to ask you this, and you're going to say, well, why would he leave for 80% when he could stay for 120% and 140%? But I wanted to ask you this from a different angle. Okay, go ahead. Because a lot of people talk about this superstar duo. Yeah, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Now, when a lot of people think about duos in the NBA, they think of a a smaller guard and a big guy. Kobe and Shaq. You know, Mm D-Wade and Shaq. Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire. uh, Stockton and Malone, right? It's not often that we get a lot of duos that are both at the wing position. I wanted to ask you because you spent a number of years with a certain duo who were at the shooting guard and small forward position. So I wanted okay. to get some insight from you because everyone had this talk that these guys, Jalen Brown and Jason Tame, can't play together. We need to break them up. And then all of a sudden they get to the finals and now they're saying, okay, we've got to break them up because Jalen Brown wants to be the number one guy and X, Y, Z. I wanted to get your perspective on the dynamic of having two all NBA caliber players that are playing on the same team alongside each other in a very similar position. Not that they do, not that the guys you played with played the same role. You know, obviously one was more of a facilitator than one was more of a scorer. But having those two guys, how you saw they managed to balance, you know, kind of, because we saw when Michael went to play baseball, Scotty stepped up and let you guys, you were the second seed, right? He took you to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He was maybe, yeah, maybe like the best player in the NBA also. Maybe. So I wanted to know from your perspective, how these guys, because obviously we, we're not inside the Celtics locker room. So I want to take you back to, to your locker room and how they managed to balance, you know, having two stars on the team, both on the wing positions. Well, when you're, when you're constructing a team, right, you want to be able to complement that team's best player in every way possible to help that player maximize who they're going to be and what they're going to contribute to the game. Right. Um, so in the case of those two guys, Jordan and Pippen, you know, we always tend 
as fans and people in the media, we look at the offense. We go, well, you know, how does this guy, how can he play with this guy? But when you're constructing a team, and if you want to win, you have to do three things. You have to defend, you have to rebound, and then you have to pass the ball. And you want to allow your best player to be able to maximize their potential in all three areas because you need those three things to win. That's the core of any good team. And in the case of those two, Jordan was a phenomenal defensive player. I mean, he wasn't good. He was phenomenal. Okay. No one really talks about that, but truly he was the best defensive Defensive, player. Defensive player here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So now when you have a, a guy where the core of who Jordan really was as a player was he was a defensive player first and foremost, who just happened to be able to score like that (laughs) but who he really was was a defensive like he was almost like a juggernaut he was really like because he could influence the game Mm -hmm. (laughs) excuse me and then the reason that those two were so good together is because they complemented one another without the basketball now when you when you complement your best player with other players who also played at their strength, which is defense, right? And then you put Rodman next to him. You, 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 you put these guys, Horace Grant. When you put these type of players around your best player to help him and to complement them, right? Suddenly now you have a team because the scoring is the last part, is the last piece of the puzzle because they can defend, they can rebound, right? Both of them were incredible rebounders at their position. Mm-hmm. Then you add Rodman and Horace Grant and Bill Cartwright and these guys, you put those guys around them. And then all of a sudden you start putting passers around them, right? You put the John Paxons and Pippen could pass Steve Kerr, Tony Armstrong. Coach, yeah. You, you put these guys around them and suddenly now you have a team that can compete consistently every night without even shooting the ball. Now, if they shoot the ball and they score the ball, now you got a real problem. That's probably why they won as many championships as they did was because they didn't need to score. So now when I look at Jason Tatum and I look at Jalen Brown, I go, both of them, as good as they are on the offensive end, which both of them are phenomenal. Mm -hmm. When they really want to, they can both be lockdown defenders. Yes. Because if they're lockdown defenders, now now you're cooking in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Because they already have a defensive player of the year on their team. They already have another guy, Al Horford, who is as Still. good or as solid as a big. Still. In the and then you have another guy who's probably a first team, all first team defensive player in Rob Williams. And okay. And then you go ahead. Derek White. This never gets talked about. Derek White on the defensive side of the basketball this season has been absolutely phenomenal as well. They've not missed a beat when Smart and Brown check out the game because Brogdon and Derek White check in and they have been phenomenal in their role defense. Brogdon, the kid, the other kid, Williams, what's his name? Grant Uh, Williams. Not Rob Williams. The other Grant Williams. um, Grant Williams takes on the assignment. Okay. Yeah. He he, so now when you compliment that, so in my opinion, Jalen Brown, when he first came in the league, I thought he was like a defensive player first and foremost. Yep. Now he's turned into an, a, a really good offensive player. But I think if those two win those two, I think those guys have a chance to win a championship. 
championship. Clearly, they could have won it a year ago. When they both commit to being lockdown defenders, all the other things we're talking about, offensively and all those things, fighting over the ball, because it's hard to score when you're constantly taking the ball out of the basket. They have five guys, okay, on their starting lineup when you put Rob Williams in that lineup where they don't have to double-team anyone. Mm-hmm. And that gives them a significant advantage. And because of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum's size at their position, and you know how important that is for me when you're putting together the team, where you have size and length. Jalen Brown is a big kid. Jason Tatum is a has length. Jason Tatum is every bit of 6'10". I'm convinced now he's 6'10 and above the way he plays. Because yeah. he's shooting over the top of people where you he shouldn't be able to if he was only 6'7 or 6'8. So he has to be 6'10 or so, 6'9 at the very least. Yeah. And now you're talking about something special. I think they understand that. I think they, in a 48-minute game, they probably do it for about 30 or 35 minutes. Mm -hmm. But I think when they're really locked in and they start doing it to the the degree of saying, we're going to be a defense, we're going to be defensive players first and offensive players second, then I think you're talking about something that's really special. They're yeah. really good. To, I mean, Jason Tatum has improved as much as I've seen as a star player in a long time on the defensive end. He's a really good defensive player now. And that's yeah, just effort and energy. It's interesting to me because when Jalen Brown came into the league, we expected him to be a great defender and maybe he'll give you 10, 15, maybe even some nights 20. Yes. Jason Tatum, yeah. he came into the league. We all knew he could score the basketball, mm-hmm. sure. but was he yes. going to guard? And mm-hmm. each of them have elevated what was the perceived weakness in their game to now having mm-hmm. all NBA talent, because I believe Jalen Brown should be an all NBA player this season on the offensive side mm-hmm. of the basketball. And defensively, you can switch these guys around on defense. The reason why the Soaks are so tough on defense is you've got smart. All right, cool. Set screen. Jalen Brown's going to switch onto the guy. Okay, cool. Set screen. Jason Tatum's going to switch onto the guy. Al Wolf can hold his own. Rob Williams is there on the weak side to block the shot. So, They've really elevated that. But from a lot of talk about Jalen Brown, they're saying that he wants to have his own team. He wants to be the guy. How do you manage, I don't want to say egos, but how do you manage that sharing of being, okay, you go ahead and be the guy. I'll be the second guy. This is how you manage it. This is how you manage it. First of all, when you're putting together a team, the most important guy is always the second guy. Because nine times out of 10, the second guy wants to be the first guy. If the second yeah. guy, whoever, who's ever, when you're putting together a team, if the second guy wants to be the first guy, you're probably going to have a problem on your team. Mm-hmm. So how do you solve these problems? Winning cures all. You win, everyone buys in. You lose, <laughs> okay? You lose, okay? The second guy is going to want to say, well, if they would have gave it to me, we probably would have won the game, whether that's true or not. Hey, that's what have, the second guy. That's what there have been games play. this season. And, where... and, and I'm not saying who's the second guy, but what I do know is Jason Tatum is clearly the first option on the offense. Well, well, there have been games this season. What I was saying is where Jason Tatum's been cold. Jalen Brown's been on fire. He's had 35, whatever. And the final possession of the game in a close game, they still give the balls to Jason Tatum. Do you see that being a problem? I, I listen again. If you're going to be the first guy, be the first guy. Good, bad, or indifferent. You can't shy away from your first guy. 
You, you this this isn't high school or college or amateur sports. Your first guy is your first guy. So you know what? All right. In the case of you know Jordan or or, or Kobe or these guys, if you're gonna be the first guy, be the first guy. All right. Jordan misses ten shots in a row. What are you gonna do? Go away from the guy? That's not how this works. Okay. This is if he's gonna be your first guy, be your first guy. Now. Because the last thing you want to do is have guys start losing confidence. Mm. Okay. So I'm not into whatever, because in the end, coaches, coaches, you have to, coaches want to all win. Okay. Coaches want to win. And you have to know that in an 82 game schedule, sometimes your best guy is not going to, is not going to have it. Okay. I was in a situation some years ago and it, and it, and it got a lot of publicity. Scotty Pippen was clearly, like you said, that year, he might've been the best player in the league. Phil elected to use him as a decoy. And Tony Kukoc hit the game winning shot to win. Yeah. And there was a lot of chit chatter about that. Right. It was a lot of chit chatter about that. Now yep. there was a whole documentary made, which had an episode okay. about that. Okay. So let's talk it through. Our best player, he was clearly our best. There's no doubt. It's not like who was your best player, who had it going, who didn't. We were a 50-win team. Clearly could we had a good team, but our best player was Scottie Pippen. Mm -hmm. Phil had a, a feel for who he thought could get the shot based on how he thought the other team was going to cover them in the play. He elected to use Scotty in a way that he was going to be the decoy. And then that was going to give Tony Kukoc an opportunity to shoot the last shot. Now to complicate it, it worked. He hit the shot. We win the game. Now, you got a feel for it, and when you're coaching, and sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't. If that shot, if he misses that shot, Phil has to ask, answer the question: Why did you go away from Scotty? Yeah. In the situation, he makes it. Now it looks like Phil might have had the right play for whatever the reasons were. I don't know. Never talked to him about it. I'm just using you know as example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the end. If you want success in a locker room, you got to win. That, that's the bottom line. <laughs> Mr. Russell, Bill Russell said it best. Professional sports is not about playing the game. Professional sports is about winning the game. You get paid Facts. to win the game. Mm -hmm. Okay. So all of the other stuff you're talking about, who's number one, whose team is it? Truthfully speaking, it doesn't really matter. What matters is what player or players are going to help you win the final game of the season. And I haven't seen a player yet walk away from that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. I haven't seen a player walk away from that one. You're mm -hmm. winning. You're winning. But when you lose, now all of a sudden, yeah, you, 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 you become susceptible to different things, you know? And it's nothing wrong with wanting to be the first guy okay but there also there also is an opportunity 
when you have a guy that's capable of scoring like Jalen Brown, you got a lot, you got a, you know, th- th- there's a b- d- delicate balance. I don't yeah. know the right balance. I don't know that. Like, if I knew that, I would be doing it. <laughs> I don't know it. <laughs> okay. But what I do know, Mo, is winning cures all. What I do know, Mo, is your intentions and when uh, your intentions have to match up to what you're saying. And and the and the best that I think you can do if you were in that position is to do everything with the intention to win the game. And then you let the chips fall where they may. Because he, Mo, only one guy can shoot it at the end anyway. And Jason Tatum is too good of a player. He's too good of a player on the offensive end. Jalen Brown is clearly, he's, you, you can argue he's the same. I mean, Mo, just, yeah. both of those guys. You know what I mean? So I don't know, but what I do know, if they both win and they're and they're both utilizing the way that they think they should be used, whatever that is, then you should be fine. And that's a delicate balance in that. Um, but if they win a championship this year, you'll be okay, Mo. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a feeling if Jalen Brown is going to leave or not? Just that, just a wild prediction. What I what I think is this. Listen. I think every player at some point in their career wants to explore and and, and experience free agency. Mm-hmm. I think every player wants to do that. You know, it's, because it's like the quote that got everyone talking was him saying great players don't always finish on the same team. Even Michael Jordan finished on the Wizards. Uh, listen, listen, it's very rare, very rare. Do you have look Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was traded. LeBron James move. Michael Jordan move. I mean, I mean, well, that's the way it is. This is professional sports for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Every player, right? Every player moves. That's why when players get drafted, I always go, okay, that's probably not the team you're going to end up with, right? Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. So players get drafted to go, oh, like I'm going to stay there for my whole career. No, I, it's a, okay. Three, four years max. If you're a good player, you'll play with the team. Maybe longer if you're a great player, but at some point you will explore that. Allen Iverson gets traded. Every player, Carmelo, Kevin Garnett. You can go on and on. Yeah, Kevin, yeah, everybody moves. Okay. So in the end, this is nothing new. I think what is new is 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 the following. You have a window. And Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown, right? Yep. He's earned that right now. I mean, this guy shows up to the game. You know, as we say in Detroit, he shows up to the run every night. Mm-hmm. He competes every night. And you know what? Let's see what's out there. Right? Let's see what's let's see what's out there. And then if he determines that, you know, Boston say for instance is the best place, then so be it. But if you win, Mo, and then he leaves, then you're looking around like, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be crazy. You, you, you know, you follow I, what I'm I saying? I think we've only ever so, seen that with Kawhi Leonard. So, <laughs> yeah, so you know, I, I, I just think, you know, that's a good call, Mo, and, and that's what made Kawhi's situation. You know, it was kind of like, you know, you, you know, you didn't question it because I, I think his it was a unique set of circumstances that brought him there, being on the last year of a deal mm-hmm. and like i said i think players all want to experience free agency i think everyone wants to experience it 
<laughs> you know, I, I, I really do. And then and you see it, you know, Shaq moved, you know, everybody moved. So that's that's nothing new. OK, um, one thing that made me laugh recently was the interview with Jalen Brown, because <laughs> because he used to have this thing in his game that Celtics fans used to go crazy about is, you know, he'd just put his head down and dribble and end up turning the ball over. And someone asked right. him, why did you used to do that? And he said, well, you guys would be on the bench shouting at me to slow down. And I know the defenders are hearing you tell me to slow down. So I would speed up to confuse them and throw them off. And that really made me laugh because so expansive spent years wondering why does this guy just keep putting his head down and try to dribble to the hoop? And the whole time he's trying to trick the defenders. That was really funny to me. Um, but let, let me ask you this, BJ. Um, we spoke about just earlier on the show, Jalen Brown surprising everyone with how his offense has come along and Jason Tatum surprising everyone with how his defense come, has come along. Which players in the league right now are the biggest surprises to you from when they got drafted to how they are now. And we'll excuse, exclude the international players of Jokic and Giannis, who people might not have seen, but who's come in from college and has really, you, you really looked at this guy now in the NBA and thought, wow, I didn't think he was going to be this good. No one thought he was going to be this good. Well, well, every time I look at Steph Curry, I, I say that. Yeah. I, I see him Draymond too. I, I, yeah, I, I never, I never, never, you know, people can say it now, but Listen, I, 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 you know, the thing that I, I I respect most about Steph Curry's game was how he has transformed his body to be able to play through contact. Yeah. He can absorb the punishment to be a number one option because when he came into the league, it wasn't like he was the biggest, strongest, fastest point guard, mm -hmm. the quickest, but he didn't allow that to get in the way so that he could reach his full potential. That's what I love about now. When you watch him play now, he will take the hit now and play through it and finish. Mm -hmm. And and that to me is like, you know that that that's like 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 that's that's a great thing. I also you know players like like Chris Middleton. Yep, Chris Middleton was like a second round pick. Yeah, we went to the I had GD, no idea he was going to. Detroit, I had no like, idea he was going to be. I mean, he always had size. Mm -hmm. Okay, he had size, but I didn't think he could play like the way he's playing. And now he plays off the dribble a little bit. Now he, you know, he uses his size in the posts. Yeah, mid range, three point line. Um, I can tell you, I, I can tell you another player that I didn't think, and I'm beginning to watch him utilize the dribble is uh the kid Bane. Desmond, Desmond Bane. Bane. Yeah. I okay, another I, I know he could shoot a little bit. Yeah. Um for me, I said Draymond, reason being I, I thought Draymond would be good, but I thought he'd just be a good glue guy. Just a good guy to have in a squad, a Jay Crowder kind of guy. Didn't realize he'd be so many times defense player of the year and be able to dynasty. But the player now in my mind is Jalen Brunson. I looked at Jalen Brunson, I said, oh cool. You could be a nice backup point guard, come in and give us 10 points off the bench, whatever. And now this guy's gone to New York and he's the star of the New York Knicks. Yeah, Brunson, players like that, players like that, you know, you, you just have to get them in the right scenario in the right situation because of the following. You know, you, know, you hear me say this, Mo, big, strong, tough, 
athlete. Okay. When I say big, now I'm not, I'm not just talking about length. He's a big, he's a bigger guard. Like In when you look at frame. the side, yes, he has girth. Okay. <laughs> now when you are, when you, when you have a player like, a, like, a, like a Barkley, those guys, like they can play through people. Like, like for instance, Zion is when I, when you say big, you don't think of how tall Zion is. He's just big enough to bump you off. Julius Randle, he bumps you off. He can bump you. He can play through you. Jalen Brunson can play through you. I mean, if you mm-hmm. watch him play, Mo, he 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 just bumps the the one. You got to guard him with someone's tall because he'll bump you. He'll bump he'll, right off. He'll get you into the paint. Bump you. He will plant his pivot foot. Bump yeah. you off. Spin. Fade away. Okay. Now or fake the fade away and step through. Always remember this, Mo, in your your quest to be a GM. Yes, sir. Left-handed players are really good in traffic because it's unorthodox. We're, we're, it's yes, we're used to playing against right-hand players, so you're always taught bigs are taught to block their block the shot with their left hand. Suddenly, when Jalen Brunson comes, he's coming with his left hand, so he's able to slither around you. That's why Kyrie is so amazing in traffic. Because he can play with his left hand. Yeah. Okay. Always remember that. So he can bump you off and he's left-handed. Advantage for him. Now, the thing that really makes him good, which we can't measure, right? And probably why we all missed him, except the people in Villanova, at the University of Villanova, is his toughness. You can't Mm. measure a man's heart. Now, that kid is, now he's not a little tough. He's incredibly tough. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, it's one thing that you got to know about Villanova players that played for Coach Jay Wright down there. Mikael Bridges. Mikael Bridges. One. Yep. Okay. Uh, Jason Hart. Josh Hart. Yeah. Josh. I'm sorry. Josh Hart and, and, and Jalen Brunson. Okay. Kyle, Kyle no, Lowry it, went to Villanova. Kyle Lowry. There you go. DiVincenzo. So, so it, 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 yeah. All of these guys have the same quality that come through there. Okay, so if we now we you, you mentioned Kyle Lowry, none of us thought Kyle Lowry was going to be a six time. He, he's seven another time player. He's another all star player champion because you can't measure you can't measure the toughness, the mental toughness that someone's had. You can't measure his heart. You can't measure the person's mind. You can't measure those things. You have to see those things. But what we do know, Mo is that consistently from that university under coach Jay Wright, that you're going to get a tough player. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Mikhail Bridges at going to, over there to Brooklyn now and averaging 25 or 30 points a game, whatever he's doing right now. You go, well, what happened? Why couldn't he do that in Phoenix? Because he's a winning player and winning players do what they got to do. Yeah. Right. They didn't need him to do that. They got Devin Booker. They, they, there you go. When he was there, he was a defensive player. And then all of a sudden he goes there and he's, he's player of the week averaging 33 points a game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we should have saw Jalen Brunson though. Yeah. Because we should have saw us in the business. We knew Jalen Brunson was going to be good. Did I know he was going to be this whatever, 25 or night or whatever? Yeah. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I didn't think he was ever going to have an opportunity to yeah. be in yeah, a situation. Exactly. There's so many good the, point guards in, in his, the NBA. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know what I mean? But when you watch him and when you watch what he has done, 
There's no, there's no, it's not a coincidence that he won in college. It should not be a coincidence that he won every time he's been in the pros and he's good enough to figure it out. I mean, this guy, Mo, think about it. He won a playoff game in the playoffs on the road last year, minus Luka Doncic. Mm -hmm. So Mo, why are we surprised? Mm -hmm. I think, (laughs) I I think another player that we have to say is Kawhi Leonard, because I expect him to just be like Tony Allen and the way he's evolved his offense has been amazing to watch from players of this year's draft. Uh, the player that stands out to me is the player that you were most excited for before the draft. And um, a player I actually wrote a column about recently, Jalen Duran. And uh, you, you told me how great he was going to be. I wrote a column, I think last month or the month before, about how mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. he's the next White Howard. Uh, shout out to Paul George. He must have been reading because he did his podcast recently and said, Jalen Duran is a mini Dwight Howard. I think he's going to be the player that by the end of his career, people turn around and be like, why wasn't this guy picked higher up in the draft? Again, like, listen, when you're drafting these kids this young, youngest player in the NBA. Yeah. When you're drafting these kids this young, it's impossible to see. Mo, when I tell you impossible, it's impossible, right? You got to make a career decision based on 25 games in in college where he's not going to play against. Maybe, maybe he'll play against four or five pros. And one of the pros he plays against is Chet Holmgren. And you're going physically, you can't see him playing against Chet Holmgren versus Bam Adebayo. You can't see it. So yeah. now, Mo, you have to take you, – you're just going on instinct. Now, tell me what guy you thought is going to be this physical and able to play through contact at 18 years of age. Mm-hmm. Raise your hand. <laughs> Raise your hand if you're a scout that has a formula to, to evaluate well, that. Well, you did. <laughs> well, I, you well I've also been I'm, wrong too. I'm you, not going to tell the people what you said to me before the draft, but you did. Yeah, I, 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 I listen. You know, well, sometimes you'll see something, and you just go with your gut. Now, I've been wrong too, Mo. So I can't. I would Everyone love to tell has. you that Everyone I'm right. Has. Everyone has. Yeah, but I, when I saw this kid, I go, I just went like, wow. I was like, wow. Like this kid is 18. I was like, how's he 18? How's he 18 playing like that? Like he does things naturally that it, uh, it you normally it'll take you like two, three, four years to learn how to do. Like he plays like a grown man at 18. You're like, huh? Like where did he, wh- what high school did he learn that at? <laughs> like where, who is that coach? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this kid was playing on the AAU circuit two years ago. And you go, what, where did he learn how to play like that? Mm. So most sometimes you'll just see natural gifts that you just, you see, I just happened to be watching the right game at the right moment and watch the right play to say, if he did it once, he probably can duplicate it. Now, Mo, you're watching him tonight. He had like 20 and 14 or 15 yep. rebounds versus Bam and, out of Bayou. And his passing's come along as well nicely. But that's what I'm saying. So, Mo, you're, 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 you know, now I would love to take credit, but I'm telling you this. I don't like that kid. I love that kid. I think that kid, they, they, now they say, they say he's going, they say Dwight Howard. I'm just going to tell you what I saw and what I, what I saw as a young 17, 18 year old kid. I saw this young kid from Detroit, Michigan. His name is Chris Webber. Mm-hmm. Who is 17, 18 years of age, 19 years of age. And to me, it's a carbon copy. Oh wow! Oh wow! See, I saw I saw Chris as a young kid, though. Mm-hmm. I saw him as a kid, 
And the first thing that you saw th- uh, with Chris was you, you like his size and the way he played, you were like, okay, yeah, he can dunk. Yeah. He's got big hands. He's got all this. So he can catch the ball, but he was, he does things like you, like, like, like you just said something to me that just gave me like, like I get like goosebumps when you say things like this. You go, here's a big kid that's 18, 19 years of age. Mo, and you go, Hey man, his passions come along. How? He doesn't know. He don't even know how to play yet. So why? How could? How could he know how to pass as a power forward or center or whatever he is, six eleven? How could he know how to pass, Mo, with only thirty games of collegiate? When you said that, Mo, I, I, I literally, I got chills. I was like, Oh my gosh! You know who was a great passer in the NBA, Mo? Krasova. <laughs> hey man, we see these so, things. This is the Hoop Genius podcast for a damn reason. Yeah, yeah. You, well, you know what I'm saying? When you said that, well, I got chills. I go, okay. No, everyone's saying Dwight Howard. And I get why you would say Dwight Howard. He's big, he's strong. But Dwight Howard, no. Dwight Howard couldn't pass like this. Dwight Howard played through with physical ability. Like, mm-hmm. he was bigger, stronger. He was... But this kid, he does things, and you go, he shouldn't know how to do that already. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't know how to pass already. Mm-hmm. Mo, he's 19 years, he's 19 years old. Mo, he's supposed to be playing in the NCAA tournament. We're supposed to be watching him now in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that's crazy. He's getting 20 points and 14 rebounds versus an NBA all-star tonight. And the other guy he's playing against was Kevin Love. Okay. And he's just doing this Mo based on hey, he's just, you know, he's just kind of filling it out. So in two to three years from the day, Mo. I'm going, okay, Chris Webber went to school for two years. This kid is playing in the NBA. And Chris Webber had a Hall of Fame career. And I'm just looking at it going, wow, he could be. That's all I'm saying. He could be. Hey. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, when you said it, Mo, it just kind of, you know, I've never said that before, but I watched Chris Webber at Detroit Country Day High School. Same high school Shane Battier and these guys have gone to. And I remember Chris was, he was a man at like eighth grade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he, well, he literally could play against the pros, all of us in like eighth grade. He was just, he, I didn't know how he knew how to do it. He just had a pro game. Yeah, Jalen, this kid Duran, he just has a pro game. You like see. I don't know how he, I don't know how Mo I have no idea I don't know where, if it, but if you have an idea let's call his coach or whoever taught him that because well <laughs> clearly it works <laughs> <laughs> man listen some people just got a gift for it but if you want to hear more about players and know who's going to be a superstar in the future I suggest you subscribe to the podcast because we're going to be here rocking well into the future so make sure you subscribe BJ I appreciate you as always for the insights that's another episode wrapped up in the books tied with a bow so make sure you leave a little review for us that would help us a lot helps us rise up the podcast rankings uh leave us five stars on spotify subscribe to the youtube leave a comment share with your friends all that good stuff and most importantly get buckets